The wait is over. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is officially live in Ohio. Now you can legally bet on all your favorite sports anytime and anywhere right here in Ohio with DraftKings. For a limited time, new customers who sign up with code CONTEST will receive $200 in bonus bets instantly. DraftKings has the best features including same-game parlays, player props, and more with fast and easy payouts right at your fingertips. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New customers can use code CONTEST to get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on anything. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CONTEST. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER 21 and over and physically present in Ohio. Valid one offer per first-time depositors who have not already redeemed $200 in free bets via pre-launch offer. Minimum $5 deposit and wager. $200 issued as bonus bets. Eligibility restrictions apply. See dkng.co slash oh for terms. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This podcast is a part of the Dragon Suplex Podcast Network. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at chopskicksandnearfalls.com for daily articles about wrestling from around the globe. Hello ladies, gentlemen and everybody inside and outside of the gender spectrum and welcome back to Stardom Quest, the best weekly stardom podcast anywhere in the world. I'm as always Alex and I'm joined by Dylan. Hi Dylan. Hi Alex. Um, This past weekend I watched uh, the Evangelion Rebuild series, um, the four movies, and it was very good. I enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed it more than most Evangelion fans. Um, My favorite was 2.0. So if you've watched any of these, uh, hit me up on Twitter and tell me which one your favorite was. I really like 2.0. Uh, 3 plus 1 is pretty good, too. Uh, not too crazy about the other two, but, you know, they were fine. And, yeah, um, I'm here to not talk about that. I'm here to talk about uh, some wrestling, some stardom. And, yeah, um, Alex is why this schedule this week is so fucking weird. So don't blame me. It's It was all on him. Well, no, it's not. It's not mine. It's stardom. Like, they're not, you know, they record. They did, like, well, five shows Alex, last week. Well, Alex, so what I mean by this is that uh, Kawasaki Super Wars happened uh, a week ago now, and Alex said, ah, this show's probably going to be ass. I'm not going to watch it live. Um, And so when did you finish the show? Because I know it took you a while to finish it. Might have been Friday, I think, or Saturday maybe. And we don't really record on weekends just because we're both usually busy on weekends. So if he just watched it live and, and watched it and knew, oh, wow, this was actually a good show. We could have done this like a week ago. But somebody didn't have faith. Um, I had faith, but he didn't. So 
blame him. Also blame Stardom because they they their uploads shit is so stupid. But yeah, so here we are. All right. Um, so yeah, this is all about Kawasaki Super Wars, um, the pay per view that ended up being really good. Um, so we're not going to waste any time. We're not going to do any of the other stuff. We're going to do that like later in the week. I'd say we'll just like do a normal one because I, th- I think the Tag League final is this weekend. So we should probably um, it is, yes. have a look at that like properly. Also, um, something that's really funny is that like three of the Tag League teams like imploded at the press conference yesterday. Like they didn't implode. Like they're still together, but like they like really got like they got physical with each other at the press conference. And they still have more tag league, and I was like, I, like, uh, okay, I guess that's a that's a choice. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know, but um, yeah. Let's just get into it. So um, in the opener of um, Kawasaki, actually before that, um, this yeah, show no. happened at the Todoroki Arena, and it did nine hundred and six fans, which honestly for a Wednesday is a pretty decent number, especially at like a half three start time. Like most people would be in work. Um, so honestly, like, I, I don't think that's a bad number at all. Yeah, no, I was expecting around a thousand, but I had very, uh, I had higher hopes, uh, just because of the state of emergency being lifted. Um, I figured they would get a little bit higher, but I think nine is a great number still for, like you said, a Wednesday mid afternoon show. Sure. Yeah. And honestly, I don't know what the, the deal is with like the COVID restrictions affecting, wrestling crowds because i don't think they're selling all of the tickets for like the cork in this weekend i guess i think they're still doing very limited capacity like i don't think they're they're fully chains off just yet yeah i mean yeah i think it's still 50 percent um or five thousand. i think that's where what they're at but um right yeah i don't i'm not really sure i have no idea but um yeah, 906, decent number. Uh, they did pretty decent numbers, like, this entire week. Like, they've probably sold more tickets in the past week than some companies have all year. That's just, like, that's how many shows they ran and also how well they did in, uh, in all the different markets. So, good for stardom, I guess. Um, but, yeah, in the dark match that I didn't watch, uh, my Sakurai beat Waka with a face buster. Um, yeah, I'm just not. Like, I can't. I can't bring this up. This. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't bring. I didn't watch it. Um, you didn't bring up the most important part of this, though. Uh, I was waiting for you to comment on the match, and then we were. So, gonna, you know. Yeah, I didn't fucking watch the match. Um, I I take a shower during the pre-show. Like that's why. That's what my like sort of. So um, I didn't watch this fucking match, but I did. I did see. Uh, I did see what happened after the match, and I. What the fuck is what the fuck is happening, man? Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't really know because they didn't address it then either. Yeah, so like... we're we're a week out. Let me preface this: we're a week out, and uh, nothing has been said except for Waka and Mayu tweeting something about it. Nobody else has even acknowledged that it happened, except like I mean, like the YouTube page, like they posted a video of it, but like it just like Waka and, and Mayu. That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. I love that Mayu was was the one to do it too, because Mayu had nothing to do with that. Obviously, it was Mai and Waka, but Mayu was like, "Are we gonna talk about like who the fuck was that, guys? Like, are we gonna talk about this, or are we just gonna pretend it didn't happen?" Um, and it was the latter. So, uh, would you like to go into that? Yeah. So basically, um, after the match, 
uh, somebody with a Momo mask, which is, you know, the Momo creepypasta thing, um, a sledgehammer attacked Waka and Mai. Um, not, like, brutally or anything. They just, like, hit them in the chest and then ran away. It was as very, they were, like, dumbfounded. Yeah. Um, everybody got their Triple H jokes in. It was very funny. Everybody was like, oh, my God, Triple H is back. Oh, my God, they sent Triple H on excursion. You know, very funny stuff. Um, we were all like, oh, maybe this is a big debut. Okay, he is, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, everybody was like, oh, maybe this is, like, a big debut or maybe this is, like, an angle. Um, but then we heard nothing more. <laughs> so... Somebody said to me that it might be uh, just something for the the talk show, like the you know the Stardom talk show. That it might have been a bit for that. Um, Stardom a big big company, big big company. <laughs> yeah, but like I don't know because the Stardom English account tweeted out, so I was like, oh, then it must be canon, like it must be a thing. Uh, but maybe Sonny just didn't get the message, like he didn't get the memo that day, and was like, oh my god, this happened, and they're like, oh no, this is just for the. Razor Ramon Hardgate thing, like don't like you don't have to tell about it. So, yeah. So it's basically just gone untalked about since then, and I don't know what the hell is happening. We'll probably find out on the next episode of that. Was it Mutagoro Stardom? Or, or, or it like I honestly thought that the Momo mess was gonna come out like at the press conference or something. Like I get not doing it at a show because it could be messy, but like are they just never gonna like? Okay, I don't know. Cause I don't know which one's worse. Because, like, it's a really weird... It was a really weird situation, obviously. But I would have liked if it meant something. You know what I mean? Or, like, if at least I could pretend like it meant something. um, Or I could, yeah. like, speculate on it. Because, like, I remember when it first happened, like, the first 24 hours after it happened, everyone was like, oh, well, well, she's taller than my Sakurai, so she has to be at least 5'5". Five, five, and, oh, well, you know, who, who, who can walk like that? Whose body shape is like that? And, like, you know, people sort of – people thought it was Unagi, and Unagi was literally watching while it was happening ringside. <laughs> so I don't think it was Unagi. Um, but, like, people were thinking, oh, well, maybe it's Natsu because, like, you know, Natsu's around that height, and, you know, that's about the right build. Um, and, you know, she she's weird and shit. Um, I, they walked and, like, you know, acted like Andras. I knew it wasn't Andras, but, like, that's, like, what I immediately th- saw. And, like, it was so fun to be like, oh, what could this be? And it just – it it it's not it's been a week and there's been no even acknowledgement of it happening at all so i don't know yeah no i just i don't know i assume it's for the talk show honestly like i don't i don't know but i'll have to wait and see I but suppose. if it's if it is something that like happened and then just like got scrapped i at every show will be anticipating momo mask to show up um for the rest of my existence in stardom um of watching stardom at least i will expect mama mass to be there and if she does not show up uh i will be disappointed well uh have fun with that i guess um yeah on to the main card uh the opener was a future stardom championship match ruaka defended against lady c uh this went under five minutes which i didn't really realize at the time but honestly i thought it was good i mean listen I knew Rocco was really good when she had that killer match with Ida earlier this year for the future belt. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's been able to carry that into even like this match where she got a lot out of Lady C. Like there's just this really gritty vibe to Rocco's big singles matches that I really appreciate. Like she just stands out so much from the other people in the future of stardom kind of title picture. Um, and I thought this was probably one of Lady C's best showings, especially 
which is especially surprising given that she was against somebody as young as Rocka, you know? Yeah, I, I actually totally agree. I thought it was a really fun match. Um, Beforehand, we got to see like a little, um, you know, uh, preview video. And in it, Rocka goes, um, this is from Osaka Joe Hall. She goes, Natsuko Konami, I did it. And I was like, oh, that is the cutest fucking thing. I swear to God. Like, it was it was so wholesome, especially thinking that it's like at Osaka Joe, they were both injured. So like, um, or they, you know, they are still injured, I suppose. Uh, so like her, like calling them and being like, I did it, guys. Like, it was very wholesome. Um, and the match itself was very good, too. Uh, <laughs> there was no Oedo Tai shenanigans whatsoever, um, which in a way was like a refreshing aspect of it because like Ruaka just did her shit and she did it well but in the same time i was like damn lady c isn't even good enough for for a, a box or a chair shot or nothing not even like jumping before the belt it's like she's just she's got clowned on that's kind of sad but it was a good match i thought lady c brought a lot of good urgency to it um Ruaka ended up winning with the freezer bomb and after the match uh my and waka came out to challenge um, after being attacked by the Momo mask like 20 minutes earlier, um, mm-hmm. because nothing matters, uh, they came out to challenge. Raka goes, "Oh, I was I, I want I wanted to wrestle Hanan, but uh, oh no!" So oh, what she said about Hanan is that I want to wrestle Hanan for this at Ria Goku specifically. Oh, and she said I have time to kill, so let's do it. So um. She did mention That's Hanan, great, actually. And it's basically, she said that, like, I want to defend this against Hanan uh, at Ryagoku, so I, I have time to fill, and I will defend Dude, against that's, that's actually, like, a super hype match, because mm-hmm. she's going to have at least two defenses by then. So, like, she could lose it to Hanan, you know what I mean? But, like, like it's a it's a match that's in contention, you know? Because, like, that's the mm-hmm. thing with, with matches, with title matches, that, like, in certain scenarios, and it sort of affected like the uh, the Shuri Yuzumi match on this card. In fact, that's like in certain scenarios, you just know that no upset's gonna happen just because of the situation surrounding the the belt. And it's like it sort of like takes you out of it in a way sometimes. But I think that Hanan versus Raka at Ryagoku, uh for the belt, um, Raka's already gotten a few uh, defenses under her belt. That sounds great. Like that sounds really really hype. Really. Um, yeah, I'm excited for that. Sounds like a good match. Yeah, it's going to be a fun time. Um, I really loved Waka here. Uh, she was, like, so excited when Waka said yes. Um, and she even went to, like, shake Waka's hand. And even though Waka, like, no-sold it, she still, like, pumped her arms in the air and was like, yes, I, I did it. I challenged. Um, Waka is so endearing. I have no idea why they put her in Cosmic Angels. She is such a stars wrestler. Like, she is definitively... A well, stars wrestler. Because stars is stars is Sekigun now, except I, uh, I except with Re- Ridden. Is, is Cosmic Ridden Angels isn't. the the dorky faction now? Are they like the fun dorks? As thought no. what we're doing here. Okay, no. well then she should have gone to stars because stars well, actually, is still maybe, the fun dorks. like I mean, Unagi is like the dork in Storm right now. Oh, that's true. She does like jump jump around and clap for other people's entrances. I guess. Yeah. Oh, no. Cosmic Angels are the fun dorks. Oh no. Okay, fun. Fun is a is a very strong modifier, uh, but yeah. <laughs> okay, but Waka, they are they are what you're going for. Yes. Um, that's wild. Um, but yeah, that's Waka. Waka's very endearing. She's got that like Mayu Otani vibe, where you're just like, I want you to succeed at everything. So yeah, good, good for yeah, Waka. I feel that. Um, 
Uh, that's that one. Uh, the next match was a Red Goddess Tag League match. Uh, Fuki and Death and Saki Kashima beat Hanan and Rina um, in just over five minutes. Um, this was essentially just the Uenitai trio beating up Hanan. Uh, Rina briefly teamed with her sister and then went back to, to letting her get beat up. It was, it was there. It was, it was actually, it's actually really funny. Um, I thought it, it's a really, it sucks because do you know what their last tag league match is? Water and oil. No. Okay. Um, it sucks because it would be fun if they got a win because whenever they like team up and like actually, uh, you know, work together, you can tell that like their moves are meant to be very, very effective. Um, like they did a double team STO at one point and got a really close like two count. It was like really wild. I was like, damn, that's that's actually huge. Um, but for the most part, uh, Rena just beat the shot of her sister um, with her teammates. And uh, it ended up being that they start getting like really, really like good, the water and oil duo. And then Hanan misses a dropkick and hits Rena. And then Rena just beats the shell of Hanan and then Saki wins. So I like where they're going with it. It's a shame that they're not going to get any wins because I feel like that would be a perfect like scenario for them to be like, oh, well, you know, if we work together well, then we are unstoppable, but we're just too different to like consistently work together. I think that's a great story, and it'd be cool to have some proof in the pudding with that. But um, yeah, I thought this match was fun. It was really funny to see Rena just beat the shell of her sister with her teammates, and Hanan's like, "Bro, what the fuck? This like <laughs> we're supposed to be doing something here." And it was it was really funny to me. Yeah, <clears throat> in kayfabe, the uh, car ride home must have been very interesting between the two of them. Oh, Rena's just like, um, yeah, sorry about the whole like letting you get pinned thing, and Hannah's like, just shut it, shut it. <laughs> must have been so funny. Um, yeah, I think her, I think their mom brought that up on Twitter. That's like, really? it's like it's gonna be a real fun car ride home. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. It, it's, it's great. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, the next match anyway was uh, Mina Shirakawa beating Saya Kamatani and Micah in a three-way. Um, Mina pinned Saya clean with the uh, the implant DDT. Um, I thought this was okay. I thought they tried to do a few different like multi-person spots, but really, I don't think Mina and Micah excel at that kind of wrestling. Like, I think Saya is perfect for these kind of multi-man matches, whereas Mina and Micah are much better when they can like directly have one opponent or when they're doing like tag team stuff um so like this was okay i thought like it was good but it definitely could have been better if they had like other wrestlers who excel at kind of the multi-person spots i think i think mina's fine at the multi-person stuff. i think especially with her comedic stuff uh like early on she's really good at the multi-person stuff but like in terms of a serious wrestling match like this became um i agree that there's uh, a limit for both her and micah um but I did. I thought it was it was pretty solid. I thought they did a good job in the typical triple threat formula with the odd man out sort of thing. Um, so I also hit that crazy springboard dropkick crossbody combo, that which looked beautiful. I have yeah. No idea how she did that. That was crazy. It it was so incredibly timed too. Like that's the, like it's just it looked uh, superb. Um, and yeah, it was a fun match. I enjoyed it. Uh. Mina hit a really good-looking capo kick, which means this match was obviously the match of the night. <laughs> uh, yes. So, yeah, and then Mina won. She simply pinned Saya with the implant DDT. And the second that this happened live, I was like, oh, wow, Mina's going to challenge for the white belt. That's okay. Really? Um, okay. 
Yeah, literally the second I I tweeted it and everything. Like the second that she pinned Saya, I was like, oh, so that's where we're going. Um, because I think she tweeted like a day before it a picture of Unagi and Tam standing off and her like in the middle almost. Um, and she said, I'm interested in this match or something stupid. I was like, oh, she's interested in the match. And then she won a match, and I was like, oh, so she's gonna. Okay. Um, and yeah, so Mina getting a little pushy here. Yeah, I mean, Saya's really taken some some pins. Yeah, it's. I guess it's part of like the maybe they're trying to get people behind her before they give her the big push soon enough. Um, like she's been protected enough that I think she's okay. Um, but it's definitely a bit weird timing wise. Yeah, like it. it I mean, it, Queen's Quest has a tendency to cool down their wrestlers a lot for yeah. whatever reason. Um, them specifically, I feel like Azumi, Momo, and now Saya have been victims of that. Even Utami a bit earlier on, um, after her, you know, Golden Armor days, she sort of like cooled down for like a good couple months. Um, which I wasn't against. I didn't think she needed to go up immediately. But uh, Queen's Quest has a tendency to have that issue where um, they get pushed really, really hard, and then at some point they their push stops, and they're like, okay, uh, hmm we're yeah you're you're gonna take some losses okay cool that's cool yeah cool and that's sort of the queen's quest <laughs> the queen's quest formula so um i'm sure she'll pick things back up by the end of the year though oh yeah like i imagine she's winning this uh the match on the, the tokyo super war show um but we'll get to that a bit later um it is good to see though the kind of match to match booking almost in start and play out i'll talk about it a bit more with the next match but you know mina winning here and then challenging later in the night. It's just very logical stuff, you know, and it's it's, it's very easy. Um, and it definitely makes these undercard matches a bit more important if what's happening there and maybe tell you what's going on later in the night. Um, so, you know, keep that up stardom, I guess. Yeah, that's, um, that's, one, thing, that's one thing I always loved about uh, New Japan a few years ago, at least, because in the past couple of years, they sort of just gone fucking AWOL and kind of crazy. But a few years ago... It was that's like, oh, if there's like a five on five tag match and somebody pins Tetsuya Naito, they're probably going to get a title match because you don't just pin Naito in a five on five. Like, that's not normal. Um, and it gives them a little bit of credit. And I think that is a really just smart and like easy thing. If you're somebody who doesn't watch consistently and you put on a power struggle or this pay-per-view and you see Mina beat two people who, you know, are pretty like they're great wrestlers for one and they seem like they're on a pretty high level, then it's like, oh well, Mina challenging later on makes sense. Like that's not unheard of. Um and it makes it very good in a vacuum um on these shows. And it I don't know. I, I agree that it's a very smart uh device that they use. For sure. Um let's see. Yes, so the next match then was uh, a Tag League special. Uh, this wasn't like a block match. It was just to show off Tag League. It was basically an exhibition match. Uh, it was Mayu Rotani and Koguma wrestling Natsupoi and Himeka to a time limit draw. Um, I thought this was really good, you know, as, as good as can be when it's just two teams wrestling with the intent of having a good match. You know, there was no real stakes to it, but they really went out there and tried their best. Um I think Mayu and Himeka have such amazing chemistry, and that was really at the forefront of this match. Like, Koguma and Poi were there, and they did good stuff, but, like, this was Mayu and Himeka just doing their bits and being amazing. Um, 
And I thought it was great that like the final visual was Himeka very clearly looking like she was about to beat Mayu Watani. Like uh, we, I think you know, that obviously played into later in the night when she challenged Siri. But it was again good to see that they they had a plan for like, hey, look at the end of this match, make it look like Himeka is gonna beat Mayu. Uh, Mayu put her over like crazy. Mayu did a great job selling the concussion bomb as well. Um, and that obviously came into play later in the night then when Himeka was like, yo, I want the SWA championship match that she, you know, didn't get. But yeah. Yeah, it's wild how like sometimes you just, sometimes you, you just don't get the matches. You know what I mean? Like sometimes if you ask for them, you'll get it. Sometimes if you, if you ask them, it's just like, nah, we have other plans. Fuck you. Uh, mm-hmm. That's really funny to me. But yeah, I thought it was perfect. I agree. I think the big point is how Mayu sold the concussion bomb. With Koguma carrying her out and Mayu like being like like appearing to be concussed, not literally concussed, but like she was selling it like she was actively concussed, like trying to like grab at, at Jumbo because she's like, It's not over. I wanna I wanna be like, you know, like that was a very good sell. Obviously Mayu is one of the best uh sellers in wrestling ever um and i think she really was on her game here overall i loved the match i thought it was really really well done um watching it live it felt like it was coming down to the wire um and i loved that i felt like the i really actually bit on the uh concussion bomb i was like oh damn like she she's about to pin her but then like last second the time expired and i loved it um yeah overall i thought they both did great double team moves as well I think that's one of um, Low Big Planet's like specialties is that they have really, really good um, double team chemistry. And so do um, pretty much all of the teams and stars. They all have really great chemistry as well. So I-, I loved this overall. It was a really, really fun one. Yeah, no, that's uh, pretty much sums it up. Um, the next match then was Starlight Kid and Momo Watanabe wrestling to a double countout. Uh, this went just under 12 minutes. Um, it was not so hot on this match, as I'm sure you remember, before the, the mm-hmm. pay-per-view. But it really won me over here. These two really did the best they could to make it work. Um, Momo, you know, sour pussing it to the ring and just, like, throwing her mask at somebody on the way down was just the perfect oh, way that was the, that, that was the that was the kid mask. That was oh, the yeah, mask yeah, like, okay. Yeah. Dude, I... I when she made her entrance, I, I put um in my notes, uh, she starts throwing shit around, such as her mask, um as practice for how she plans to treat the high-speed battle if she won it, <laughs> um, which I, I just thought, I love that visual of just moments being like, man, fuck this shit, and just throwing shit, like, that's that's great. Um, I love, I love the moment we got in this match. I think Momo was so unique in this match and what she was doing um, that I want her to do it more, but not if it means she has to join a Wado tie, and I don't think it does, we'll get to that later. Um, and yeah, I loved what she did. I thought that she did such a good high speed open, actually, um, because mm-hmm. she wasn't running at like a super high speed. She wasn't doing this like highly technical stuff, but like she incorporated her big moves and her kicks and whatnot into the the opening, and it made it feel like at any moment she could murder kid. You know what I mean? Like, she almost fucking just brained her with a high kick and Kid dodged it. Or she almost hit her with the B-driver and Kid dodged it. And it was, like, all these moves that you don't normally see in, like, these opening, um, like, sprints. I thought Momo brought to it and she did not look like she, you know, 
was behind at all, which is really a testament to how good Momo is, um, considering she's not at all a high-speed wrestler. Yeah, no, I think Kate was, like, the perfect antagonist as well. Like, I think she was just very good at, like, riling up a clearly irritated Momo, and uh, Momo was great just, like, not really messing around. She was just annoyed, and she went in for the kill, like, right from the word go. I thought that was a fantastic way to, to play the match. Um, and I know we didn't really mention it, but in a, in a Shoe Pro interview, Starlight Kid was like, she was talking shit about Momo, and she was like, yeah, Momo's so boring. Like, she doesn't jump off the page. She doesn't have any, like, intensity or passion or whatever. And I think it clicked, you know, it really clicked with me there that, like, okay, this feud seems to be about showing us that Momo can bring that energy that Kid is saying that she doesn't have. Because remember... Was it Rossi on one of Emmy Sakura's shows was like, yeah, Momo doesn't jump off the page. Like, you have to know her. You have to see her. Like, the energy is there, but it's very under the radar. I guess maybe this yeah, feud is like the way to, to draw that out a bit more because clearly the feud is about kissing Momo off to the point that she just unleashes hell on Starlight Kid. And I thought this match was a really great representation of like Momo at her best as far as like, you know, her. I will kill you energy kind of thing. Yeah, 100%. Um, I did get in a conversation with my friends about this, um, where it's like, it's really weird, because like with other other wrestlers, it's like these shoe pro interviews or like these building of the matches is usually like very like profound and like, you know, like, oh, well, you know, I I feel like this. And it's very emotions based. And anytime somebody's in a feud with Momo, they go, she's fat and she doesn't draw money. And it's like, what what the fuck? Like that that's like that's a bit aggressive. Like what like that like with, with fucking like Starlight Kid versus Tam, it's like, oh well Tam, you know, I was always kind of in her shadow and stars and I'm sick of it and I think that, you know, I'm I'm gonna win the white belt, I'm gonna paint it in my own image. And then when she's asked about Momo, it's like she's fat, she doesn't draw money, and she also was boring. And it's like, damn, like that's that's now you wrestling promo but i think in the end it sort of made sense with this match so i agree with you on that yeah and honestly obviously like the they went to a double count out because like they just wanted to tear each other just shreds um i loved momo just like bouncing kids head off a chair repeatedly like she's she's gonna break the chair with starlight kid (laughs) we've watched a lot of ajw stuff and like outside brawls like that are very frequent um, and like Jungle Jack matches and whatnot, I don't think I've ever seen someone so dead set on breaking a chair than Momo bashing Kid's head into the chair. Like, it looked insane. And her just, like, fucking elbow striking the back of her head repeatedly trying to rip off her mask, it was awesome. I actually loved it. Um, this all actually happened. Momo was provoked by Kid uh, <laughs> throwing a handful of salt. Um, I thought it was rice, because, you know, Momo's a big... Uh, rice fan as everybody knows um she throws a handful of salt at momo and momo just like gets up and starts beating the shit out of everybody ringside um all of a way to tie she makes sure to beat the shit out of ruaka for whatever reason which i just found funny <laughs> and she's like you won't fuck you and she like throws a couple more kicks at her um and yeah she just beats the shit out of kid i love this i think it's probably the best double count out like ever uh <laughs> like it, it was so fucking good it was so well done and yeah i love this match overall Afterwards, Kid asks Momo to join Oedotai, and Momo okay, says... Hold, hold on, though. Um, I believe there's, like, meaning to the salt thing. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Um, salt shopai means salty. Um, oh, like that's okay. that's what that technically means. Uh, and you know, I forget what the exact thing is, but obviously shopai means uh, you're boring and you're ass. Also, it does it does come from uh, sumo originally, and you throw salt onto the in sumo like it's it's it does have a meaning um but it's a very not convoluted one but it's it's a deeper meaning basically to say you're trash and i fucking hate you um i think that's the i think that's the beginning and end of it yeah uh, it was definitely like ldr like disrespectful anyway yeah 100 it wasn't just salt for the sake of salt no um yeah so yeah after the match it, it started like it was like Hey, you know, you suck, but you should probably join a waiter tie because then you won't suck. Um, the waiter tie has, you know, you know that like, is it was it Vine? Was it maybe Vine where it's like, ah, two looks, that's it. Yes. Yeah, a waiter tie is that, except they have two storylines. That's it. It is either you suck and I hate you, or you suck and you should join us. <laughs> that's it. That's the only storylines a waiter tie can ever have. Um, yeah, we were talking about the other day. Um. The last time that's un like there was a shift in like groups um that wasn't a Wado tie was outside of um Kozen's creation was like two and a half years ago. Um in fact it was probably like the draft was the last time that <laughs> that shit happened. Like look, yeah, because everybody jo like leaves their group and joins a Wado tie. Um and it's kinda stupid. I'm kinda sick of it. Like it's getting kinda boring, I'm gonna be honest. Um like, like Momo in a way to tie just sounds like boring. Yeah, but yeah, I think it's aside from Cosmic Angels, the last person to like uh, go from one faction to another that wasn't a way to tie was I'm pretty sure it was either Bobby Tyler or Zoe Lucas went from Stars to TCS. Like that was the last time that somebody would went from one faction to the other and it wasn't to join a way to tie. Was Jamie Hader at? No, not Jamie Hader. Yeah, yeah, you're right actually. That's fucked. It's bad. Oh, I mean, man. I guess some people might count Saya, but Saya was kind of like undecided, and then like had an yeah. option to join one or the other, and she chose Q2. It's it's like if it's like if Lady C right now joined Queen's Quest, and it's like, oh well, you that's like, but what like like you know because mm -hmm. you expect her to join like DDM or Cosmic Angels or Stars even, but it's yeah. like oh so you joined the other what well, that's that was sort of what happened with um Kamatani so. Yeah. Yeah, it, like I'm really getting, I'm getting tired of the Oedotai shit. You know, like I feel like Oedotai is where like my favorite wrestlers go to be edgy and boring. Like, no, I, okay, that's rude because I think Ruka and Starlight Kid and um and Natsuko even are doing good in in and Saki. I think I think Oedotai is definitely coming around for me. Like I think that they're really uh, having good stuff and just being fun, like a fun group. But I don't think momo going to a way to tie would serve anybody good at all i don't know where she slots in really i mean you yeah. already have a very comfortable top three i'd say in in a way to tie i think if you were to put momo if there, not four yeah if you put momo there they're almost like too much i mean i know natsuko is injured but i mean she's already walking on her legs so i don't think she'd be like gone forever you know what i mean um so yeah i, I don't know I thought it, I did say that about Kid though, and they proved us wrong. And I, you know, Wedotai has done really good things for people, but I'm not sure Momo would add a lot to them. 
Um, but obviously, we could be proven wrong depending on how hard they push Weird Atai. But I'd still rather they like diversify the feuds that we see them in. Yeah, and it's it's wild because like the thing with Momo in Queen, like Queen's Quest is actually booked terribly. Like I don't think that we talk about this enough. Like not that they're booked terribly, but like as a group, it has sort of been like fun, like foundationed into our heads that it's like, oh well, you know. Utami's getting pushed, so the other three, you know, I mean, Sai can get pushed sometimes, but yeah, the other three are going to be, you know, like, that's just how factions work. But then you look at DDM, and none of them ever look weak, except for Natsupoi occasionally. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's very rare that for longer than a month, any of the, any of DDM looks even remotely bad, and there's five members of DDM. Uh, You know, like, it's, it's, I don't know... Am I, am I being like off base? That it feels like Queen's Quest. Just like they book it, they book them very like poorly when you look at them as a group, and considering mm-hmm. how good all four of them are. I mean, they're booked better than Stars. So, well, Stars is dead. Like Stars is just now being oh, like, oh, Stars anymore. isn't dead. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Is that like just now? It's like Stars might actually do good things. Like, but mm. a month ago, it was like stars i don't know if stars will be alive in a month like that that's it's a very stars is in a very specific situation whereas queen's quest i feel like is in a very weird spot for me the not having hina probably hurts them because they just yeah. they keep putting him in draws and shit instead of you know having okay well this is a match you're gonna lose and this is a match you're gonna win so it's like utami wins her matches and then whoever is left loose is in a draw whatever and then like yeah, back, back day, take a pin back in the day that's why they added um leo onozaki and hina to the group is because the exact same issue i have right now was happening back then where azumi was getting kind of pushed but at the same time she was losing every single match because she was the only queen's quest member that could lose um so yeah i think i think the lack of hina is definitely an issue um hina please come back we miss you like you <laughs> <laughs> you're very needed here because things are things are kind of going awry definitely um yeah we've probably stuck on that for too long um after that match koguma came out to challenge starlight kid uh so that should be a fun match oh i love um, okay i know that i know you just said we shouldn't stick on this but uh i loved that koguma came out and challenged and then like just like grabbed her mask and like did the pose and then kid like pushed her and then she runs away she's like yeah fuck you i got the i got it in i got the i got the pose in i did it Fuck you! And she like like she run like she runs away so quickly. She's like, yeah, I did it. See that? I got the pic- I got the photo op. What up? I got your ass. I love I love Kokomo. Like she her energy is so good. I know it sounds very like stupid and weird, but like she just brings such a fun energy to whatever she's doing. Um, and she's also a really great wrestler. So like I just I'm really I think the bear is top notch and top tier in stardom right now. Definitely. Uh, Koguma is lit. Um, I think we all agree. Um, but yeah, the next match on this card was the World of Stardom Championship Challenge Certificate Match and the SWA Championship Match. Siri defended against Azami in 38 minutes. Still hate the briefcase. Um, and yeah, just I don't know. I like even you weren't into this, and you're like the biggest yeah. Azumi fan I know. Like this was just we've seen them do this every bit of this, um, which sucks because they they do it and really. really we've seen well. them do it better. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like 
their both their two previous matches were way better than this. Um, both of them were like contenders for like match of the month for me. Mm-hmm. Um, when they when they happened, you know, uh, Shiri versus Zumi was one of my favorite matches. Um, my favorite non pay per view match probably period in the five star this year. Uh, and Shiri versus Zumi earlier this year was fucking incredible as well. The match that um double headed the Corkin with Kid and Julia. I thought that was one of the best Corkins they ran for the first six months of the year. Like that was a fucking mm-hmm. incredible show. And it was very largely in part because of Sherry and Azumi. And it just felt like it was lost here. Like it felt like it was just like them doing the wrestling for a few for like thirteen minutes and then they went home. You know, like that was it. Uh yeah. and part of it definitely is just because it feels meaningless. Um and I think Utami and Izuki was so good, we'll get into it a little bit, was so good that for whatever reason, it made me feel there was meaning, even though there's the exact same amount of meaning between the two of these, um, between the two matches. But I don't know what it was about this. I just could not get into it. Like, it was just like, and like, I, I really wanted to, because I, like you said, Azumi's one of my favorite wrestlers in the world, period. So when she has a good, like a big singles match, I want to enjoy it. I want to be into it. But I just, I just found this very uh, soulless in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that that's what happens though when you fall into these patterns where you know somebody is losing the title match because they won the in the tournament, and also we've seen these two wrestle quite a bit this year. So really, there's not much they can do to push the envelope. Really, the owner shouldn't be on them to 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 make up for kind of about the bad placement there that they were put in, but. Yeah, despite the fact that they're both very good wrestlers, like it was a good match. Like I don't think you could argue that it wasn't very good. But oh no, it was a good match. Was, yeah. You know, I had no reason to care, so it was tough to get into it on any real level. Yeah, I I, I agree. I, and again, I feel like they've done better before, so I think that also took okay. took a part of it out. Where it's like, you know. When, when it's one thing that's like, oh, they just don't have good chemistry, that's whatever. But they have great chemistry, and I just didn't really see it shine through here as much. Um, which, again, was a bit disappointed. Uh, Shuri won with the White Tiger, which is the um, crowbar, the fucking uh, stretch muffler. I still call it the fucking crowbar from fucking <laughs> NXT, Sammy Callan, that Jesus Christ. Um, and yeah, they both bow to each other after the match. Um, big pop for that. And then... Something that made me super excited, but I am no longer happy uh, because it was canceled. Um, is Jumbo comes out and and like basically says, you know, Shuri, um, you're you're really looking forward to that to that match against Utami, but like you should really be be worried about the people who are who are in your way, don't you think? And she walks away, like implying. And like, and like, she stares at the SWA belt, and then she walks away. And like, it was like an implication that's like, oh, well, they're gonna, you know, fight for the belt. And it's not happening, I guess, which sucks. It really does. Um, you can go into it a bit. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was like really clever that they, you know, changed expectations, and we're gonna do Kameka versus Siri, which you know, really cool match. Um, and then it was like, oh, they announced the card today, and Hameka is in some three-way to determine the number one contender for Tam's belt, not Siri's. And, Siri... and at the, 
Are we going to talk about the press conference after this? Like, should I save? We, we will. We okay, will. cool. Then I'll talk about that later. Um, but, like, I know Siri, even in this promo, was like, I want to wrestle Konami, and uh, Himeka still came with a challenge. It's just a bit of a mess. Like, I don't... Why Why would you do it like this? You know what I mean? And I know people say, oh, well, like, if Konami isn't ready for Tokyo Super Wars, then they need another challenger. If you don't know 110% that Konami is going to be on that show, don't put her on the show. <laughs> like, it is that simple. Like, what is this yeah. desperate desire? To Especially don't put her in, theory? like, second or third from the top. I mean, it's third from the top. Like, don't put her in yeah. that role. You know, like, that's, it's, yeah. I, I totally like if, you're, if, if you're not sure she's going to be on the show, just don't book her on the show. Like, stardom, it's, nobody's forcing stardom to book this match. They're doing it themselves. It's also very strange, because, like, I think, I, like, and I know that, like, Shuri and Konami have a ton of history, and they have good matches together, don't get me wrong, but, like, they are really, like, banking on this fucking match. Like, a lot. You know, like like, they're, like, this is, like, they're treating it like it's like this like end all be all matchup that they've been building for 17 years. Like this is 100% Shuri and Konami built. Stardom has nothing like Stardom has very little to do with the story between mm-hmm. Konami and Shuri. I don't know why they care so much about the story between Konami and Shuri. I I enjoy the story between Konami and Shuri because I recognize their past you know like sprite has talked ad nauseum about their past and i i have listened so like you know i i enjoy their their overall story but i don't know why it's so like aggressive in that it's like oh well um as soon as konami gets back this match must happen and if she doesn't come back then i don't fucking know we'll just do something else i guess like that's not the smartest way to do this in my opinion no I just would it kill anybody if Konami waited until Eddie on to get her match? Would would any would the world burn down? In fact, I think that would be best. I think that would probably be smarter. It would um, it would? But like, because that imagine, like she's a perfect last challenger, you know, for the yeah. whole thing. I have to imagine they're planning some big angle for this, like, and that's the only reason that they're this adamant to do Konami and Siri. Like, there has to be something coming out of it. Otherwise, I don't see why they would be this adamant to do it. Um, again, like as you said, this isn't like it's not like we're expecting a five-star match. Like this isn't Kandori Hokuto three that we're waiting on here. This is, you know, Konami and Siri. This is Siri's getting her win back from the GP. It's not like you know they're not adamant on doing Utami and Siri again. They're doing Siri Konami, and Siri's just getting her win back. I don't understand like why they're rushing it this much. Just have him make a challenge Tokyo Super Wars do Konami at Eddie on. I don't see why you had to complicate it with this like Himeka comes out to challenge and then the next day it's like, oh she's not challenging, she's in the white belt picture and you have people who are just like bending over backwards to pretend to like defend it who are like, Oh well like you have to do this, like you know, if Konami can't go then you have to have Himeka ready. Konami like can't go, don't put her in. That's just my thing. If you're not yeah, sure Konami's the... gonna be on that show, don't have her on it. Like it's that easy. All this did was make me excited for a super fresh matchup. Um and also that's not going to happen from the looks of it. Mm-hmm. And also make me feel like DDM is crumbling. Um on a low key note. Uh 
which I don't think they are actively crumbling, but I feel like when you look at like the the scene of DDM, uh, it's it's not looking great without Julia there. It feels like everything's like is actively crumbling. But that's besides the point. This also highlighted something that I looked up. Jumbo only has had like thirty singles matches in Stardom, um, wow. and only like sixteen or seventeen of them have been unique. Meaning like she's had like four matches against Momo and Kid. Um, and Julia, or she's had three matches against each of them, and you know, like they, like she hasn't wrestled Izumi, she hasn't wrestled Shuri, she's only wrestled like Tam once in the five stars last year. Yeah. Like there are so many Utami, she's only wrestled once in the five. Like a lot of matches, she's only had once, and they are before she, in my opinion, started getting like assimilated into Stardom and started having good matches mm-hmm. in Stardom. So like there are so many fresh matchups she could do, um, especially singles matches. That it's like, dude, give me all of them. Because, <laughs> like, yeah. Shuri versus Jumbo sounds so fucking good. Jumbo versus Azumi sounds super good. Jumbo versus fucking Hazuki sounds super good. Like, just, like, I don't know. I feel like Jumbo's in a weird spot as well. Um, And I would have loved it if she got this singles match against Shuri. I'm sure it will happen at Edeon, but I just think that's a weird timing I don't even think it will, though, because, I mean, if she's in the the white belt picture, then that's kind of it. Like, I don't think you can lose a number one contenders match for Tam's belt and then turn around and go, hey, I'll chance for the briefcase instead. Well, I mean, Natsuko's getting pinned. Saya. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, if if Saya wins, then Natsuko's getting pinned. If Jumbo wins, then Natsuko's getting pinned. If if uh, Natsuko wins, it's going to be a roll-up. So it's like... I can I can see Jumbo still looking strong and going for the SWA belt, but it like yeah, like you're right that it's like it's very messy, and I wish they weren't doing it like this. Mm. I don't know. I just I thought it was weird when people were like, "No, you're the weird one for thinking that this is booked strange," and I'm like, "No, listen. If if Konami isn't able to go, you just don't book her in the show. It's it's not." Not that hard, you know. Or at least book her in a smaller match. I mean, there's a fucking, there's a perfect spot for her in the fucking Stars vs. Oedo tie match. Worst case, like, if it was that much of a question, add Rin, add Konami. That's her first match back at the mm-hmm. big fucking, you know, like. Yeah. I don't 100%. see the issue. Neither do I. But look, Stardom is Stardom, and sometimes they do strange things. Um. Yeah, Hameka. Kind of got shafted there. She's going to be in the SWA, or not the SWA, the the Wonder of Stardom World Contendership match at uh, Tokyo Super Wars instead of getting her her SWA Championship match. Um, next match on the show though was a Wonder of Stardom Championship match. Tam Nakano defended against Unagi Sayaka. Unagi came out with a sword and in you know wrestling and with theory, blonde hair. Yeah. Um, she came out with yeah. a sword and bl- with blonde hair, and I was like, "Damn, she's stealing Takumi and Mayu's gimmick. That's fucked." Maybe she was just like cosplaying Hokuto. You never know. No, I agree, but like, I, I just found that funny. That's like last month. The two big things about the tile champ, the tile yes. contenders, was one of them went blonde and one of them brought out a sword, and she's mm-hmm. like, "I'm gonna do both." I found that funny. <laughs> Based eel. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she, you know. Wrestlers with swords is the coolest thing ever. Unagi was looked amazing uh, doing that entrance, and she I know said, she's like a big samurai nerd, so she yeah. must have been like so happy as well to to do that. She she was, but she also was very disappointed in herself because she said she wielded the sword like shit. 
So yeah. she tweeted that. So apparently she was not very happy with her performance. Um, before this match, I saw Shane Thorne um, of, you know, the Mighty Don't Kneel. I saw him mm-hmm. post a clip of his match against Kenta from Noah um, on his Instagram. And I was like, I could watch that match instead. I would like to watch that match, but I didn't. And I was pleasantly surprised. I was present. Mm-hmm. I was, I was proud. I was happy that I did not go out of my way to find the, the Shane haste versus Kenta match, which I'm sure was really, really good. I'll, I'm going to watch that at some point. Uh, Cause I love Shane haste. I shout out Shane haste one time. I think he's great. Um, f- please free him from his dark match. Hell that he's currently in besides the point. Um, I thought this match was surprisingly really, really good. Um, I wasn't as high on it as like most were because obviously, um, I felt like there was certain aspects of it that felt like um, that's just had the sort of issue that these longer TAM matches usually have that like at certain points it felt like it was like, okay, uh, you know, maybe go a little bit faster and start wrapping things up. But other than that, I thought this was like a really great match, best Unagi match that she's done. So like, that's, that's a fucking, that's a good thing. I thought this was really fun, really well done. A great white belt defense. One of the best ones this year, honestly, Um, best one since Julia, at least. So, in my opinion, oh, high not praise. the best one. I think not. I think not play versus. I liked not play versus Tam a lot. Um, oh yeah, that was good. Yeah, I, I, I. Yeah, I mean, but it's it's better than it was bad. You know, I mean, it was it was better than not. So, I, I have respect for it. Yeah, I I mean, I was unsure of how well they would do, given that like I thought their their GP match was maybe the best performance they could both put in, but like they. They proved me wrong, I guess. Um, See, and I didn't like their GP match. I thought it was. I, I did. thought, <laughs> but I, didn't I thought it had the issue. Like, I think they improved on all of the issues it had there. But I felt like that, like sort of, uh, like okay, like it, not stalling, but the sense of like lifelessness at a certain point kicked in, um, and it didn't mm-hmm. happen as much here as it did there, in my opinion, um, that I just sensed. So I know that's mostly a me thing. And a lot of it comes in because I don't have a ton of attachment to either of these wrestlers anymore. Um, like, you know, I, I obviously had a big ta- attachment to Tam at one point, but that's sort of lost, and I never really was a big Unagi guy. So that definitely affected it. But I still think, you know, in spite of all of that, it was a great match. And, you know, shout-out to Unagi for finally fr- figuring out the breach in the castle gate. Looked incredible every time she hit it. So big shout-out to her. Uh, it looked fucking gruesome. Um, she really killed it with that. Yeah, I'm doing a big U-turn on Unagi. She's amazing. I'm like, not. This, this match was definitely the proof, though, that, like, she's great. Because, I mean, her and Tom were just great. Oh, yeah, they, they did great together. But I, I'm not... No U-turn for me. I, I'm, I'm slowing down. I'm slowing down on my on my highway to hell for her. That's, my, that's where I'm at. Uh, I'm, I'm not as adamantly against her doing things. But... I do think that she's still kind of meh um, in most situations. Though, I don't know. She hit a good headbutt, so respect to her for that. It was, I don't know. I, I don't like admitting when I was wrong. I was wrong. I thought this match was going to be bad. It was really good. Um, so, you know, this feels weird. I don't I don't like this. I don't like, I don't like saying Unagi did good. But she did. I'm having an existential fucking crisis over Unagi doing good. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, I mean, it's nice to know that you've slowed the, uh, the Unagi hate train. I think I'm going to end up being right on both Julia and Unagi, and you'll come around on both, um, which will soothe my ego just enough. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I think she's improved a lot recently. I think even you can't deny that. And, you know, I think a match like this where she gets a rep, you know, of, of a big 20-minute title match can only help her. Um, and she's definitely been forced to add more moves to her moveset because at one point we... I don't know if it was me and you or me and Xavier were like, she has three moves and <laughs> that's it. Um, and now she's kind of building on that, which is great. Um, I'll say, I think this was one of her best performances, if not her best performance. Um, and, you know, Tam was Tam. I think Tam is super consistent in these big matches. Um, so really, yeah, I definitely Oh, I really totally disagree. This. I don't think she's consistent at all in these big matches. I don't know, I've enjoyed them all. Um... I don't know. She see the the thing that this did was make me very upset that it was such a bad match last month because like it should have been good like not bad I just the fact that it was like so not for me I guess I don't know I think it was a bad match I'm not gonna lie it was a bad match <laughs> um I'm not gonna be nice about it I, I think that annoyed me because I was like damn so Unagi had a better match with Tam than Mayu did huh that's that's a reality I don't want to live in um. And so here here we are. And after the match, Mina came out and challenged Tam. I am concerned about this match as well. Why? I don't know. Because it just... it. We'll talk about it with the pre, with the conference. We'll talk about that later. Okay. Um, but yeah, honestly, what, what came clear to me in this match that I, I would like to mention is Unagi is like basically the main character of Stardom. Like everything they're doing... It's to build her up as future big star. You know what I mean? Like, this match felt like a very specific moment in her elevation that we're going to look back on. It's like the moment she proved she could hang. You know what I mean? She's she's very Minami Toyota. Like, in the way that they're treating I her. I actually thought that as well. I didn't want to say yeah. it, but like, 100% she is like 1989, 1990 Toyota. Yeah. Not as good. Because that was the best year Toyota ever had, um, but yeah, she she's definitely at that point where like they're making her sink or swim, and they're just like they're not pretending she is swimming quite a lot, but she's they're pretending like she's swimming every single time. <laughs> and I I mean you know if the, if you want to build somebody, it's that's how you do it. So I I respect that. Um, but even just like looking at like how they how Sunny reacts to all of her matches, it's like, oh, this is one of the best matches of the night, like throughout the GP and stuff. It's like, it was a fi- it was fine. I don't know about best match of the GP or anything. I, it was good. It was okay. Like you know, um, so really trying to put her over in that way, um, like AGW did with Toyota in 1990. Um, mm-hmm. Unagi probably wins Cinderella next year, honestly. Hmm. I'm not Maybe. even. I'm, I don't. I'm I don't think so. I don't it, think but... Cinderella is hers. I think she just like wins a belt. I don't think she'll win a tournament yet. She just like straight it's, up will win the belt. It's really, it's really a shame that she's not, uh, you know, a faster paced wrestler because I think she would be perfect for the high speed division, like for the ace of the high speed division. That's not me like trying to sour short. Um, but if she like was a bit more of a high paced, um, fast paced wrestler, I think she as like the face of the high speed division for a bit would be like a perfect spot for her um, before she like starts, you know, actually doing stuff. You know what I mean? Cause I feel like that's, I feel like that might be a way away for me of her winning the like big belts or anything, but I don't know. Really? I don't know. I think if, if Saya is the next white belt challenger then, or the next white belt champ, then, then Unagi's taking it off her. I, I really do. I think that's, that's the way they'll go. 
That sounds like a cursed, cursed, cursed place to be. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, why not? Like, haven't they had two, like, pay-per-view matches before? And they're, like, one and one I think. So, I mean, Saya do that win. Or maybe Saya's 2-0, I can't remember. I mean, I think she's 2-0. Nagi beating Saya kind of makes a lot of sense to me. Uh... That's, that's, <laughs> that's, like, you know, picture stuff, I guess. But, yeah. Honestly, I definitely I uh, just I enjoy. Oh Unagi no! So, yeah, Unagi Unagi beat Saya. Yeah, so they're one and one. Okay, that makes more sense. Um, yeah, so looking forward to Mina and Tam though uh, a lot more than you. I think Mina's definitely again like Unagi has improved a lot, um, and I think she could maybe have a a better match because I think she's probably a lot more used to maybe working a bit stiffer than Unagi is. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, this was exceeded all my expectations. Um, Tom's white belt reign is great to me. It's it's definitely Same one of the, the best crazy. reigns of the year. Um, and yeah, Unagi okay, is just uh, amazing. Tam's reign or, or Utami's reign? Which one do you think is better? Don't say something stupid, Alex. Let's see. Utami has... You said you are going to say something stupid. Utami had the cool Momo match. She had mm-hmm. the extra good Micah defense. She had the Saikamatani match, which was also great. Um, she had the Siri match, which was like five stars to me. So yeah, I mean Utami. She, she brought she brought the best possible match that B Priestley could ever have ever. Uh, yeah, it's it's Utami. I think Utami's yeah. definitely okay. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure that like we're. we're you're not. You're not saying it. You want to make sure that your head's not not fucking. You're not concussed. I'm, didn't get hit by no concussion <laughs> bomb by by jumbo or nothing like that. Because I was a bit concerned with how long you hesitated to answer that. Because <laughs> I was like, I mean, come on, Alex. Like, I mean, I even here, even here, like, and you didn't even bring up Utami versus Suzuki. I don't know how you felt about that match, but I like this is one of my favorite matches of the of maybe not of the year. But that was it, like personally. Um, just because of my investment in Hazuki and in everything to do with this match, um, one of my favorite matches like of of Utami's reign, um, and I loved this to bits. Um, I guess we can get into that, but I just want to make sure that you were not being stupid. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just have to think about it. But yeah, I mean, listen, when you go through defense by defense, Utami's reign has been ridiculous. So yeah, it's been one of the best yeah. like title reigns like ever. <laughs> like I over. mean, obviously. Yeah, like when it's over, we'll have to seriously discuss whether this is the best World of Stardom title reign ever. I think. I think it already is. I mean, like, unless you're a big EO guy, um, you know, this definitely has has like it has the makings of it. Definitely, we'll have to have that conversation though when when it ends. Yeah. Um, presumably at Ryugoku, but maybe not. Um, but yeah, anyway, definitely. Big ups to Unagi for her performance in that white belt match. Um, onto the main event, I guess, where Utami Haishishta defended against Suzuki in 25 minutes. Uh, right from the bat, okay, Utami, I know I say this like every pay per view, she is the biggest goddamn star. Like, just, she comes out, you know, the fire, the, the music, the flag. Just, just, oh my god, like, this is the biggest star in women's wrestling like she is just holy shit <laughs> like there's nobody even close to her level in terms of charisma Dude, it's and been... I watch a lot of wrestling she is yeah 
amazing. Like everything you could want in a top star. You know, if you were to say uh, make like a list of the top 150 women's wrestlers of the past year, I think she's definitely one number one. And uh, there's it's not even close. And anybody who says it's, it's even remotely close is um, idiotic and doesn't know how to write. Um, besides the point, uh, I think no no pop for that one. No pop for that one. Nothing. That was a good. That was a good bit. I thought you would have. In... No. 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 I don't want to be a bit tame about the PWI thing. So. See, uh, the the joke is, ladies and gentlemen, is that uh, fucking when the PWI came out, me and Alex were like, let's just bury it. Let's let's go on air and just bury the hell out of it. And I was so excited, and then we forgot. And it's been a few weeks now, so now Alex is like, you know what? Let's be mature. And I was like, I don't want to be. Um, they are see, stupid. The list made Jim Cornette mad, so therefore it's good because okay, the, true. Any, anything that makes that man die quicker is the best, you know. Uh, fair. You know what? That's fair. You know what? Let, yes. You know what? Fair. You're not um, like meant to say those things, but like Jim Cornette deserves it. I don't think that's like. I don't think that's in question. It's not here. a hot he's take. Like, it's he's like a terrible, take. terrible, dangerous person. Like I don't. Yeah. Like just, just. Utami. Um. So Utami has had a great year. Um. And I've I've noticed that like Utami's like her on and off switch is so insane. Um, when it comes to her wrestling. And I, I tweeted about this, that it's like, sometimes Utami comes across as just like very, um, not boring, but like very just not tuned in. And she just comes across as like uh, stoic, you know, like a, just like very um, tall and silent type of a wrestler, you know. But other times, like if you see like any of her like IRL type stuff, she's really, really funny. And in situations like this, she looks like an absolute fucking megastar um, just coming out to the ring. So I, I totally agree with you. I, like I said, I loved this match. I loved it to bits. Um, early on, Utami just beat the shit out of Hazuki. Um, Hazuki offered a handshake and Utami declined it. Uh, you know what? Before we even get into this, I want to preface that the last time we talked about this, um, none of these matches were built. Um, and within the time between us releasing that episode and uh, the show actually happening, they decided to jump on Twitter and build all of these matches <laughs> in like a couple hours. So uh, that was fun, wasn't it? I don't think it should count, though, when wrestlers have to like do the most in uh, random interviews on Twitter to, to get their feuds over. Like that's very much um, AEW doing football for Emi Sakura versus Riho. So Emi has to make like videos on twitter to to get the feud over because they just like paid it no attention because tony khan is a sexist bitch i guess i don't know hey easy 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 about tk easy about it TK. inflicts Britt baker on us okay Listen. easy about tk okay bitches love tk i love tk too but he's like he makes me watch Britt baker matches it's not fair yeah it's it's kind of Make me watch Rip Baker versus Tay Conti this weekend. Do you know, like, yo, 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 do not disrespect Tay Conti like that. Come on now. All right, listen, okay, everybody needs a reality check here. Tay Conti is very cool in squash matches. She should not be allowed to wrestle for more than like 10 minutes, though. Like, the last time she wrestled for more than 10 minutes, she was bad. Like, she's really cool in squashes. She had had that match against Tyler Rose that was good. That was like eight minutes, nine minutes. I mean, I get like 10 plus, yeah, but like. Maybe, but like, she's not like a good wrestler when she has to have like actual matches and not squashes i don't know like take i like ty conti but she's not like amazing worker yet she's potential 
but I, I don't see the... I don't understand the whole, oh, she'll get, like, a good match out of Brit. It's like, no, she won't. She's not. She's yeah, not that's... That having that expectation of it is a bad idea. I think that she could, theoretically, but I don't think I'm going to expect her to, because that sounds like I'm going to have my expectations completely killed. So, um, besides the point, we keep getting off track, Alex. How am I the one trying to keep this on track? I don't uh, know. I think I've just... I'm, I, I've been in the shitposting mood the past few days, and it has infected my you. entire personality. So now I'm just not sure what's me and what's a meme anymore so existential crisis is it me or is it a meme that's a that's that's yes that's, yes yeah. and a may may as uh Gemma collins used to say absolute queen icon love Gemma collins <sighs> okay <laughs> so but so basically before this match i haven't even gotten into the fucking match jesus christ so before this match um utami basically put over the fact that's like yeah hazuki kind of like you know taught me when i was like you know um new and she was really hard on me but i really appreciate it because she is part of the reason why i am the rest i am now so i'm going to show to her um that i have surpassed her and blah 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 shit like that um i thought it was really cool because utami um out of all of, like the wrestlers has been very very uh like neglectful of her like upbringing in wrestling because uh, basically everything that everything about utami like every biography is oh well she was the the daughter of a very famous you know reality show um dude and she was a part of this like huge family she took care of her her brothers and sisters and oh well she worked at a restaurant and that's how she started you know learning how to speak to other human beings blah blah and then you know she you know wanted to wrestle blah, blah, blah. and then she debuted and beat jungle kiana or tied with her or whatever like and it sort of like glances over her like training um and so in comparison to like Saida, who has on frequent occasions been like yeah hazuki and kagetsu are the reason why i wrestle um, they they created me and I owe my entire career to both of them and I will honor them in the best way possible. Um, <laughs> Utami's kind of like, yeah, I wanted to rest Io Shirai um, and then I trained and and, and then uh, I debuted and that was like <laughs> the entire thing. So this was the first time that that she sort of like put over the fact that um, Hazuki and Kigetsu had a big part in her in her you know wrestling career and you sort of felt it throughout this match or at least I did because I obviously have a lot of connection to um, Hazuki and Kagetsu personally because I really really enjoy their work uh, and I felt like Utami beating the Shav Hazuki for the first like 10 minutes felt like it was this like wake up call for Hazuki in a way where Uta that Utami wanted to bring and I loved the first 10 minutes I thought Utami on top this was the best she possibly could have looked um, like we said she is going for uh, a different type of approach to her title matches nowadays than she used to um where she is being on top a lot more and i think i was right in the fact that hazuki is the best person um for this type of match and i thought they really delivered um and that's just the ten, first 10 minutes that i really really loved with utami's just you know grinding away at, at hazuki um you can start talking a little bit now because i i'll just keep going if you don't stop me yeah i mean i thought hazuki very much like proved that she she was fully back with this match like her performance yeah. was amazing she kept step with utami really well um yeah i mean utami was definitely better than i think in the takumi match i just think she brought a lot more to this one i still think she relaxed that little bit extra during the finishing stretches but for the yeah. most part like this this was really really good um i think it's interesting that she's working 
kind of working heal almost without like being a heal. It's very much she is meant to root for her opponent, and I think it's interesting that they're she's working down. That. Yeah, it's it like they're making that switch in the lead up to the Siri match, which I think is interesting and probably is to to make Siri like the big babyface challenger. Um, I just think that's an interesting thing to know. And uh, yeah, look, Hazuki. In between this match and the Unagi match proved that she's very much back and she's here to stay. Yeah, and I think a big part of my enjoyment of this, so I watched this live, of course. I watched it in not the best of means. Um, Sprite, unfortunately, did not buy this one, so I had to watch it um, the other place, and it was not fun. Yeah. Um, the, the chat was hell-like, so I did not read the chat. <laughs> um, but with this match, and also, uh, it has a terrible connection. So, like, it would, like, buffer very much. It would be all over the place. So, by this point in the show, by Utami versus Suzuki, I was watching it with, like, a four-minute delay. Um, or three-minute delay from the actual feed that I was watching it on. Um, and I was loving this so, so much. This match actually got me to suspend my disbelief. So, when Hazuki, um, what move was it? Uh, it was a very specific move. Um, Oh, the Brain Buster. When she hit the low-bearing Brain Buster, I actually bit really hard on it. I don't know why. I knew Hazuki wasn't going to win, but, like, I saw, like, she hit the Brain Buster, and, like, I, like, jumped out of my seat when she kicked out. Because I was like, holy shit, that was close. Oh, my God. And I, like, started, like, getting really hyped up. And then the stream crashed. It came back, oh and God. Utami was holding the belt. And I was just like, the second... The second that this match that we have talked about being so pointless and having no, you know, having no intrigue to it, it was so clear who was going to win and who was going to lose. The second that it grabbed me and I was like, dude, what if Hazuki just fucking wins? It crashes and I get spoiled. It was terrible. I was so upset. I was just like, dude, what the fuck? Like, this is stupid. I was really annoyed at that point. Um. But I did end up, you know, a second later, I ended up rewinding it back to uh, round where I was. And Hazuki went for a Hazuki stroll, which was like, as everybody knows, I'm a big Hazuki stroll guy. If I watched that live, I would have actively freaked the fuck out. Because that was so fucking close that I like, oh, man, I'm really upset that it ended up bugging out at that point. Um, the, the end of the match was good. I think Utami hit some wrist control lariats and rainmakers, whatnot. Um, goes for the hijack bomb. Hazuki catches her with a tonic, which I adored. It was such a good look. Like it, the reversal looked beautiful. Um, like I said, went for the Hazuki stroll, uh, kick out. The the commentators were also freaking the fuck out at this point. Uh, I thought they really added something here. Um, and then Utami hits a reverse tower hacker bomb, which is something I've never seen before. It looked really cool. And then she won with the hijack bomb. So, yeah, kind of sad that, like, it got the feed ruined. Not, didn't ruin it, because I still thought it was an incredible match. But, like, this could have been, like, match of the year for me if I had been able to watch it live all the way through, if that makes sense. You know, because, like, those last few minutes were also really, really good. It's, I mean, that's pretty crazy, to be honest with you. That is maybe high, not Maybe not best price. match of the year, but, like, top five. Like, it, it easily could have breached my top five, I think. That's fair, yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't enjoy it, like, that much, um, but I did think it was great, and, uh, 
I guess maybe had I watched it live and and been able to to see the near falls unfold, maybe I would enjoy it a lot more. But uh, like regardless, it's definitely it was definitely a really strong main event, and I enjoyed it a lot. And it was you know in that range that Utami tends to hit for me, where you know the match isn't like amazing or out of this world, but it was it was great, you know, and undeniably. Um, I mean, job done with both of them, and I think Kazuki came away looking really well-established as, like, a, a big player in stardom. Yeah. Um, there was a point near the end where Utami hit, like, a back suplex that was just sort of out of nowhere, and it felt like she was just trying to find something to do before she could take it home. Um, so she still has that sort of issue where it's like she's trying to find uh, things to fill the last, you know, few minutes of her match um, where she's mm-hmm. on top. Uh, but I think her hitting something was better than the match with Takumi, where she was just sort of like, uh, let's just hit this move again. Um, so I, <laughs> I think there's definitely a progress there, which is good. Um, and yeah, I, I loved this. After the match, I actually went back last night and watched this with subtitles, because obviously um, the original version did not have subtitles on it. And yeah, it was pretty basic. Like, um, Utami was like, this is a new stardom. Um, and I don't... Dylan talked for so long that uh, the recording thing just decided to like leave. So um, yeah, safe to say Dylan enjoyed the match a lot. Um, I thought it was great, a really solid addition to Tommy's reign. Um, Hazuki came away looking great. And uh, after the match, uh, as we already knew, basically, Utami was like, oh yeah, Micah's challenging on the next pay-per-view. Uh, Micah made her way out. And, you know, the usual festivities ensued. <laughs> I mean a donut. Sorry. Um, yeah, after the match, uh, Utami like like Utami and Micah are talking, and Utami's like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll face you. I'll face you in November, but I'm still awaiting my challenge with Shuri, and I must make that." And Micah takes the mic out of her and says, "I don't give a fuck about Shuri. <laughs> Pay attention to me." <laughs> and then she walks away, <laughs> and I was like, "I agree, Micah. I agree." Um. And she sort of files it up in the press conference that we'll talk about in a little bit. But before that, I want to mention something that's very wholesome. Um, is that after this match on Twitter, um, similar to what I said at the beginning, um, Utami kind of said um, that I was born into this world, a daughter of the moon, and I'm proud to have been taught by two of the best in the world, blah, 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 blah. Oh, that was very, very sweet. Um, as everybody knows, I'm a big moon child guy. And so even Ida... Um, she referred to Ida as her sister, which I felt was very, very wholesome and cool. And because um, obviously we'll talk about this later this week, but Ida ended up coming out at the Korokin show, um, not to wrestle, but just like she was there. And Utami's like, and like Ida said, oh, I am also a daughter of the moon or whatever. And Utami replied, she's like, oh, yes, yeah, sister. Why didn't you say hi to me? What the fuck? I want I want to talk to you. <laughs> like, I didn't know you were at the show. Come on. I want like, what, what the hell? Come on. We're sisters. But, and I just found that very, very sweet and very wholesome. Like everybody knows, I'm a big Team Moon guy. Kagetsu and Hizuki are my two, is like my favorite duo ever. And I feel like they're, they're known as trainers. Like is that weird Dave Meltzer article where it's like, oh, they're strict and they take people's phones away and stupid shit like that. But I think that this um, is one of those times that it's like you see the positive effect of Kagetsu and Hizuki as trainers. Um, in that Saya, Ida, and Utami, two of, you know, the best rookies in, like, ever, um, both give a lot of credit to them as why they are so, you know, great. Obviously, a lot of it's naturally, you know, 
there's naturally good wrestlers, but another part of it is um, that Kagetsu and Hazuki trained them to be the wrestlers that they are. So I felt that was very wholesome. And to me, it made it made me feel good. Okay. Yeah, I don't think anybody else in the world actually noticed. Um, so that that is I hate you. Good, good on you. <laughs> like I just nobody else cares this much about. I care. Though. I care this much. I know. I know. I, and I, I I I am very happy for you. <laughs> but I don't think anybody else like is that invested in a retired wrestler and Hazuki trainees. I am. Happy and I matter more than most people. <laughs> my opinion, I mean, my opinion is very important to everybody. It should be. Okay. Um. Anyway, yeah. Earlier today, there was a press conference to announce the the card for Tokyo Super Wars. Um. This is on the twenty seventh of November. This is the next pay per view. This is in the uh, to Yoyogi Gymnasium that a uh, guy ran all those years ago, I think. Um. Yeah, basically we'll just run down the card and that'll be it. Um, the opener of the show is a future of Stardom Championship match. Rocka defends against Mai Sakurai and Waka Skiyama in a three-way match. Uh, this was obviously because Mai and Waka both challenged. This uh, actually this had a very funny uh, bit to it at the press conference. Um, Waka and Mai both had like very long... Um, like things to say and they like talked for a good minute each and then ruckus basically just says something on the mic throws it and walks away and then waka and mai just like look around like what the fuck what are we supposed to do what do we do now what do we do now she left what what do we do and it it was fucking hilarious they looked like you know deer in headlights as they usually do and i loved it amazing uh the next match is mum watanabe and azumi taking on unagi sayaka and lady c um yeah, that's a match. a match. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the next match is Stars, which is Mayu Utani, Hazuki, and Hanan versus the Uedo Tai team of Saki Kashima, Fuki and Death, and Rina. Um, so not only is Hanan and Rina taking each other on, but Hazuki as one of her first matches as a member of Stars. So that should be interesting. Do you know the stipulation on this match? I do not. What's the uh, if if Hazuki if if Stars loses, then um, Hazuki must change her gear um, away from the Uedo Tai gear. Ah, she can't wear the makeup anymore, and she has to yeah, like that's the whole thing. Because she stole Rena's makeup. That's like that's the, the right. gimmick. Okay, I see. I see. Um, I assume Stars will win because Hanan yeah. probably pin Rena. Yeah, or like, yeah, I mean, none of the, unless Saki pins Hanan, which I don't think they want to do, like, that seems kind of pointless in this scenario. Uh, I think that, yeah, Stars just wins here. Um, next match on the show then is a Wonder Stardom Championship number one contenders match. It is Sayaka Matani versus Natsupoi versus Hemeka. Um, I assume this was meant to be Saya versus Natsupoi, and then Hemeka got pushed down into this spot when Konami uh, said she was good to go, I guess, for Tokyo Super Wars or whatever. And yeah, so Zumbi Sire or Poi feel, will win to set up like a I rematch. Feel, I feel so bad for Jumbo because they're really like, so Natsupoi and Saya start like tussling or whatever, and like Micah gets in the way of them and like sort of like stands off with Saya, like, hey, don't fuck with my friend. 
and then Natsupoi says, fuck out of here, Omega, you don't give a fuck about the white belt. And Jumbo's like, what the fuck was that for? I was just trying to help you, bro. And it, it was really funny to me. Right, that's fair. Um, but yeah, presumably Saya or Natsupoi will win. Um, I'm not as super excited about that because Tam has faced both of them already, but I don't really see a reason for them to have Himeka in this um, challenge for the belt that she didn't want, you know? I mean, I could see her challenge. Like, because if, if Tam faces Saya or Natsupoi, I feel like she has to lose it. So it depends on when that title champ challenge happens. Like if it's at Ryogoku, they might do then... it at Edeon because I mean they probably they might want a big title change at Edeon. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. That's true. I, I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's no Utami, no red belt defense, and Tam versus like Saya main events or something. I could see that. Yeah, it's possible. And then, like, they could probably pad that out with, like, a um, trios match on the card, you know, a high-speed match or whatever. Like, they could definitely, yeah, I could see them doing that for Edeon. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that match. Presumably, Saya or Poi will win, because, as I said, Himeka was kind of a seemingly a last-minute addition. Um, uh, the next match is a high-speed championship match at Starlight Kid versus Koguma. This is probably going to kick ass. I'm sure it'll be really good. Uh, Koguma mentioned that she has lost 15 kilos, uh, which is very good. Um, she's also doing it safely, which is the most important part. Yes, of course. Um, she from from like her like re-debut, so to speak, at the All Star Rumble. She has she looks incredible in ring. Like she like she has really fucking come a long way in a matter of a few months. You know, like that's mm-hmm. obviously we talk about a lot about how cool Koguma is, but like physically she's like, that's incredible to me. Like that's absurd. Cause yeah, like she doesn't look like, and not to like, I don't like commenting on, you know, women's bodies. So don't, that's not what I'm trying to do here, but like you could tell that she's doing it in a safe manner because she doesn't, she's very clearly like she's in great shape. You know what I mean? Um, and I don't know. I, I, I appreciate that. Also, I appreciated that kid gave her um her mask and she's like, Yeah, hey, haha, I'm gonna put this on you and you know, you're gonna it's gonna humiliate you when I beat you and put the mask on you like Cody Rhodes did back in twenty eleven, blah 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 haha. And then Koguma's just like, Oh, cool, a mask and she puts it on and wears it for the rest of the press conference. Like Koguma is so like like she she is, has such an uh, I already talked about it. She's just awesome. I love her. Yeah, Koguma's great. Um match down on the show is the wonder no it's the world of stardom championship challenge certificate and sua world championship match this is siri defending against konami um doesn't seem like they're doing the uduf rules anymore which is it's whatever i guess and uh yeah i guess that's happening as it doesn't in which case it won't because i don't know um sherry start crying Really? Oh no! Yeah, she actually started crying like profusely, um, talking Why? about the match. Why? Oh. I'm not sure, but yeah, it's very sad. Um, yes. Oh, okay. Um, the next match on the show is uh, Tam Nakano versus Mina Shirakawa. Um, they had a really intense uh press conference. They even mentioned 
Arisa Hoshki, which I believe is like the first time her name has been mentioned on Stardom, like at all since her retirement. I mean, like on a Stardom thing, yeah. Because uh, like obviously Tam mentions her a lot, like in Shoe Pros and whatnot, but um, it's probably the first time like a Stardom thing has ever mentioned her since her retirement. Yeah, this kind of made me worried because like Mina was like, it felt like they were like going for like this. The blood feud we thought they were going to go for with Unagi, and that's what scares me. Not that Mina can't get a good match out of me, out of Tam, or that Tam can't get a good match out of Mina. I think they could do really good stuff together. But with the way that they're kind of going with it, that it's a very emotions-based match, I fear that it's not going to be um, as good as like the Unagi one was. Because the Unagi one felt like it was uh, gritty, but it didn't feel like it was like a an epic type. You know what I mean? Um so that's where my fear comes in, though I think it'll be a good match. Also, um, I am in love with Mina Shirakawa. Uh, her fit at the press conference was incredible. She she looked great. Um, and also, uh, she kind of went crazy. Um, she she started talking to the belt with crazy eyes, and it was it was very it was very interesting. It was very it very much read to me as somebody who was like, I know I wasn't here in the past, but don't overlook me because tam was kind of like oh you know this belt you don't understand the the white belt this is you know stardom's belt this has all the memories of of my former teammates and mina was like oh your old teammates like mayu like arisa don't like you're always thinking about them and i i get the feeling that mina is kind of like well i know arisa held that belt and i know mayu held that belt and i know it's important to you because of that but you shouldn't overlook me. Like I am, I'm more than up to the task of taking this belt from you. I I know what it means. Um, and I think that's a really interesting way to go. Cause I mean, listen, Tam has a bit of an ego sometimes. It's, it's great for one of the cosmic angels to be like, listen, you can't look past me. I can beat you. I know I can. Like, I think it's a great, great little, uh, way to go. Dude, imagine if Mina simply won. I'd be down for that. Listen, Mina is too. really good. And honestly, she'd have some cool matches. It'd be really fun. It'd be really, really fun. It's Plus, not going to happen because it's the no. white belt, but, you know. It'd be, it'd be super fun. I would love it. Uh, and, I mean, Mina has a history of just simply winning matches that nobody expects her to win. Um, yeah. I feel like that's what happens. Like It happens at least once every couple months where she wins a big match just, you know, to remind you that she's here. So I would love it. Same. Yeah. Um, yeah in the main event, then... Uh, Utami defends her world title against Micah. Uh, I'm so over these two wrestling each other. I feel like I've seen them wrestle six times in the last like two years, and that's probably underselling it. Um, I mean, I Utami is winning, you know. Probably have, yeah, because I mean, they had the JTO they had two match. GP matches, a GTO match, a future match, and uh, at least Cinderella. one more match. Stop yeah, Cinderella, Cinderella match. So, probably this is probably the sixth time. Maybe seven. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Um, and the I don't thing know. Is, it's, it, okay. They go are good go together. Like, they have really good chemistry. But they aren't exceptional against each other at the same time. Like, they do not have excellent matches. They have really good matches. Like, consistently really, really good matches. But they don't have excellent matches. You know what I mean? They're not Mayu and Momo. Not enough to warrant watch this, wrestle no. Ten times. Like, I could watch Mayu and Momo wrestle every week. I could watch Himeka and Utami wrestle every week. I couldn't watch Micah and Utami wrestle every week, though. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
Also, this press conference sort of like highlighted something to me. Micah and Utami are two of the funniest people in stardom. Mm-hmm. Like when you look at like behind the scenes shit or, you know, like just like looking at uh, the behind the scenes Osaka stuff, like you could tell that they are like really fucking hilarious and like they just have this like the substance personality. But when you watch this press conference, you would think they are the most boring human beings of all time. Like they are very monotone. They're very, you know, like I am going to win this match. I'm going to beat her and go to uh, Ria Goku. I am going to beat her. And it's like, and then eventually it ramps up again with Micah going, shut the fuck up about Shuri. And I appreciate that. I, I agree. I agree with Micah. Um, and I love that bit. I think, obviously, I don't think Micah should win the belt, but I think with this story going on, with her being like, dude, shut up. I, I'm right here. I'm right here. Fucking Utami, listen, focus on me or I'm going to beat you. I think if she is beater, I think that would like make sense as a story. But in the long term, it would be terrible. Um, so I, I would, uh, you know, uh, you know, I just found that funny. And yeah, might be good. It might be, you know, every well, other it, it Michael Utami good. match. It will be good. That is that is a given. Um, but I don't think it will be like amazing. Um, no, they they've made up for that. I think with you know Tan and Mina should be really exciting. Um, Koguma and Starlight Kid could be fantastic. I think if Hameka does get moved up to a Siri match, then Poi and Saya will have a really fun match. Like I think there's a lot that could happen there uh, to make this a good card. Even if you know Mika and uh, Utami are just kind of the solid main event to close things out. That you know without disaster. Yeah, there, there's more intrigue in this show. Um, even though I don't think the match quality is going to be as good as the um, the fucking you know Kawasaki show, I think there is more intrigue. There's more matches that's like, oh, well, I wonder how that's going to play out um, than on the Kawasaki show. So that's interesting, at least. Definitely, and um, I think we could have a, a pretty good crowd here for this one. I, I know like three or four of the ticket sections are sold out and like one of them is is limited so i mean you might have like a really good atmosphere um if there's a big crowd which there seems like there will be so that obviously adds to it as well yeah 100 um i'm excited to see how crowds progress because like you know oh man it's gonna be so weird because like we haven't heard a stardom crowd in years like it's so different now like the start like the stardom fan base is incredibly different that it's like yeah I can't even imagine what it's going to sound like. Yeah, like, I think as, you know, Stardom used to have these, like, red-hot crowds, but, like, a lot of this roster hasn't performed in front of a Stardom crowd, you know? Like, Haneka hasn't been in front of a Stardom crowd that make noise. Uh, Natsupoi, well, I guess Poi, you know, years ago when... uh, But, yeah, you... Yeah. Um, Mina, Unagi, like so many wrestlers who we don't know how the crowds are going to react to them. And I think especially somebody like Tam, his entire push has come during clap crowds. Same with Utami. You know, how are they getting over? Like, how are crowds reacting to them? You know, as, as during their push. So I think there's a lot of really interesting things where people have been you know, maybe moved up the card and it's interesting to see if the crowds have responded or these new signings and you know maybe the crowd hasn't caught on to some of them yet so definitely it's interesting to just see what kind of noise they make if they're as hot as they used to be and like who is over and who isn't over 
they also have a, a more uh, there's more fem there's a higher female audience um which yeah. could affect that as well and then so, yeah, young a lot people. Of interesting stuff yeah the under 25 so, yeah, it, tickets sell well it it was a lot of um older dudes back in the day mm -hmm. uh for yeah. better or for worse they they were very passionate about it but it was a lot of old dudes um so it, it will be interesting to see um how the flow and how the feel the atmosphere um will be different i'm just hoping that it it you know it's hot because i think that can hmm. a hot crowd can make anything better for sure yeah and i, th I think they will get uh hot crowds i think especially if they get the young people in i think young people will definitely be for you know yelling at a show <laughs> um and yeah i think that's it though i think uh we're done we've been talking for ages so we should probably give it up yeah yeah i'm down um you know there's even more stuff to review uh later on yeah. the week when all of it's out throats so. are going to be destroyed <laughs> like my throat is oh, already dude, messed this, up this like. month is is a fucking brutal one we have two vtgs to do we already did one last week that'll come out at some point guys um and we have another one later this month that we have to do we have these two we have a pay-per-view again later in the month um thanksgiving week for me so that's gonna be a bit chaotic a lot of shit a lot of stuff a lot of stuff going on Woo. Yeah. All right, let me close it out. <laughs> yeah. um, if you want to stand, you may stand. If you want to sit, you may sit. Leave today, shine tomorrow. You decide what you believe in. Ijo. Ijo. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.